This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com. Time for some of the news that didn't make the news this morning. It is International Cat Day. I'm sorry, World Cat Day, they're calling it. But how many of us are actually cat people? How being positive and optimistic is bad for your health? The one department store that already has its Christmas stuff up and the 10 best cities to raise a family in 2018. We got a bunch of stuff to cover this morning. It is Wednesday, the 8th of August of 2018. We're Jeff and Jen, and here it is, your news that didn't make the news on Cincinnati's Q102. And as I mentioned, it is World Cat Day, so uh, hey, maybe... Finally, for once, someone will post a picture of a cat on the Internet. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's interesting. Uh, According to a new survey, only 14% of people say they're a cat person. Only 14? Only 14%. 46% say they're a dog person. And 35% actually say, you know what, I'm both. I like cats and dogs. The other 5% say they hate animals altogether. What is wrong? With you. I don't think I hate, animals, hate animals altogether. I just don't want to have a pet. Well, that's I mean? okay. That doesn't mean like, you hate I animals. I like animals, and if I went yeah. to your house, I would pet your cat or your dog, but I just don't want it in my house. I was always that person, and then yeah. I got talked into getting a dog. Yeah. I, I'm getting a lot of pressure from friends, family, to get a dog. Don't leave your house. That's what I do. Yeah. I'm serious. Like even here at work, they're like, "Oh, you're going to be that mom that doesn't let Penelope have a pet," and I'm like, "I think so." No, yeah. she can have. You know, listen, I had that mom, and it was fine. She can have a pet, just not right now, right? When she's old enough to actually take some responsibility, take care of it, where you don't get stuck with it. Yeah. How Here's does that fish. sound? Here's a goldfish that Daddy won for you from the uh... from the Assumption Festival. Yes, exactly. We had three of those, and they died with. I told it. I made a bet with Scott. I said. Because we had them in the little tank or whatever, and I made a bet with Scott, and I said, if they live for two weeks, then we can buy, like, the whole thing. Yeah. The tank, the rock, the SpongeBob ornament or right. whatever. They died, all of them, except for one lasted, like, 12 days. Yeah. I Listen, I love dogs. I really do. I just don't want to own one. Yeah. Because I, the response, you know, and I've had dogs before, and they were wonderful, but... You know, there is a certain amount of freedom that you give up. I mean, you want to talk about responsibility. You can't live as spontaneously, I suppose. You can't. You know, well, and I know there are places you can board them and there are yeah. dog sitters and stuff. And I, I get all that. We've used all that. But 
I think it's hard, though, when you're out. Like, if you're out with Kristen, you're having dinner, you're having a great time, you run into Tim and Chris. Right. We ha- Oh, my God, we have to leave. We have to go let the dog out because we've been gone for, like, eight hours. You yeah. always have to, like, go back and take care I of I want to be able to party all night with Tim and Chris. Right. <laughs> well, we got to go take care of the dog, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> ah, screw it. But it's a nice excuse, Jeff, if you ever need... You know, to leave a situation. Oh, we gotta let oh, we gotta dog. let the dog out. Yeah, because for me to say, oh, I gotta go home and feed my cat, <laughs> doesn't sound, not the same. <laughs> doesn't yeah, sound as legitimate of, of an excuse. It's not even does close. It? And they're gonna right. be like, I heard you leave dry food out for them all the time. You said it on the radio. Yeah, oh, you know, right, I'm just lying. Right. I just don't want to. <laughs> I just don't want to do it. Yeah, no, I love cats. I I love cats because they're independent. Uh, They're so like, I don't give a you know what. And uh, they're not needy. You know, they could take you or leave you. And I think that's just, I don't know. That's the thing that I've always really liked about cats. Um, And they are easy. You know, if I don't want to come home, it's not a big deal. Uh, they've got food out. They've got fresh water. You know, I can leave them for a day or two and they're okay. They'll go to the bathroom in a little bucket or whatever. Yeah, you know, they, they have their own bathroom, and they yeah. use it, and they're clean. You can teach them how to use the toilet? Yeah. No. You can. Yeah, some. I'm not going to. They use the litter box fine. <laughs> One in four people with a cat say their cat is their best friend, though. About two out of five cat owners have more than one. And finally, 64% of people with a cat say they'd rather spend a quiet night with it than with their significant other. My goodness. I know. That's kind of funny when you'd rather hang out with your cat that doesn't even care if you're breathing. That's not a good sign. Versus your mate. <laughs> right. Uh, so, some good news for pessimists. I have some positive news. Always feel confident on your second date. With help from the Plastic Surgery Group. Schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has an art. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts for you even though by definition you probably wasn't you probably weren't expecting any but according to a new study out of the university college of london being positive and optimistic can actually be bad for your health the researchers found that feeling stressed and worried actually helps people cope better with bad news so when pessimists got when pessimists got bad news They were actually able to process it and handle it better. When optimists got bad news, it was crushing. Yeah, and they felt overwhelmed with the stress hormone cortisol, which can take a serious toll on your health. Mm. Isn't that interesting? You know, there's a there's a saying, there's a phrase that I I think is really good. What is it? Like plan uh, a hope for the best, but plan for the worst, or something. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I've always been. You know, I consider myself, I, I, can, I believe it or not, I actually consider myself an optimist. <laughs> this, this may come as a surprise to you, but I really do. I consider myself a pessimist. 
You but, are. But I, <laughs> just kidding. No, I think I am. But people in the hall will always tell you, "Oh, Tim's the nicest guy. He's always positive." It doesn't mean that you're not. But inside, you can I'm be like, nice oh and God. still be a pessimist. You can. Like you're a nice dude, but you're just like, "Oh my God, this is not going to work out great." <laughs> but I think I'm an optimist because I've been pleasantly surprised enough times to say, "Hey." Why not me? Sure. It could yeah. happen. I feel like the thing about you, though, Jeff, that I enjoy is the whole set your expectations low. So you're pleasantly surprised when things happen. Sure. Because people have disappointed me enough times yeah. that I have learned that that's probably, you know, that the most realistic. Optimistic, Jeff. <laughs> but having said, you know, I don't know. It, I really do. It's funny. Like when I look at myself in the mirror, when I ask, you know, when I check my feelings i usually feel pretty positive and optimistic that's great but you know i have had disappointments and i've learned to cope with them and uh, i think just being you know prepared for you know sort of brace there is a bit of bracing yourself that comes with life Mm -hmm. and i find that i tend to cope with those disappointments better when I go into it with that attitude. See, I'm just, I'm one of those head in the clouds optimistic. I ha- I just am like that. So I, that's okay. Yeah. But I am crushed a lot by really horrible news, which is why I try to just stay away from it as much as possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't function if I'm crushed. Yeah. And I, I don't have, I have to function. It's I don't have a choice. So, yeah. so I look for ways to manage it. And that's one way that I do. Hey, uh, Selfridges, is a department store in London, and they just put up their Christmas stuff, if you could believe that, more than 140 days before wow. December 25th. Yeah. At least they showed more restraint than last year. Last year, they put it up at the end of July. Yeah, August. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like they're kind of clearing the aisleways for a lot of that stuff currently. Like, the Halloween stuff is out. Mm-hmm. They have out the pumpkins and the fall stuff. And then they have these huge gaps kind of next to it, which I believe they're going to fill in with the Christmas things. Out of, you know, maybe one out of ten people that I know would buy that stuff early, you know, if there was a deal in it for them. But everybody else I know just waits till the last minute. Mm-hmm. So that stuff's been sitting out there for how long? Selfridges say they start so early because of demand. You know, this is when England is getting the most visitors from overseas, so they want to buy Christmas stuff even though it's totally out of season. And, you know, Selfridges has actually been really good about keeping their finger on the pulse of, what do they call them, Britons? Yes. English people? English. The Brits. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Hobby Lobby has had a lot of their Christmas stuff out. Sure. Too, but I feel like that's because people are making the crafts. The crafting. Yeah, because if you want to make a blanket to give someone for Christmas with a pattern, like you got to buy it now so you can start on it. I'm getting ready for my booth at St. Vincent's Craft Fair every yeah. year. I got to get my stuff made. So that stuff's been going on for a while. Makes sense. Meanwhile, an apartment website called Zumper. Just ranked the best 10 cities in America for raising a family in 2018. They looked at 10 different metrics like income, how much an extra bedroom costs, high school dropout rates, how many people there are under the age of 45, you know, meaning that you you would have other parents to hang out with. And the top spot in the United States went to Madison, Wisconsin as the best city to raise a family. 70% of the residents in Madison, Wisconsin are under the age of 45, 70%. Uh, unemployment is very low there, and the average commute time is less than 20 minutes. 
So Madison, Wisconsin gets the number one spot. Uh, Lincoln, Nebraska is number two, and I thought you'd be interested to know. Lexington, Kentucky All right. is at number three. This happened a while ago, but I guess it is, it's just making headlines now. There is a woman from Portland, Oregon. Her name is Tammy Griffin, and she has cystic fibrosis. Back in 2016, she needed a heart and lung transplant or she would die. Mm. Now, she's been on this waiting list for over two years, but she was in her 50s. And because of her age and condition, she was not an ideal candidate. So her doctors came up with an idea where she could get a transplant. Tammy's heart was perfectly healthy. But it had shifted in her chest. And I don't know, for some reason, she had to have both her lungs and heart replaced. So her doctors did what's called a rare domino transplant, where one person gets a new heart and lungs from someone who died and then gives theirs, their heart, to someone else. Ooh. Because keep in mind, her heart's fine. It's It's just shifted. It just doesn't fit her body. Right. So Tammy's heart went to a woman in Northern California named Linda Carr. And I guess the surgery went great. It happened in February of 2016. They got to meet about six weeks later, and they are still friends to this day. And how crazy is this? They still get together sometimes, and whatever they do, Tammy can actually listen to her own heart beating in someone else's chest. And how many, how many instances That's weird. in history, you know, can you can you name where someone was a heart, yeah, a living heart donor? You know, I don't know. That's so bizarre. It sounds like an episode of Grey's Anatomy or one of those shows where you're like, that doesn't happen in real life. Really makes you think. Stop down and go, wow, all this crazy stuff that's going on around the world, but something as simple as just your heart beating. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, the what we can do today mm-hmm. that we couldn't do, you know, that 10, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. I really couldn't do very much at all. My heart's still good. Why can't I just donate it? They took my donor's organs, put it in me, and then took mine right out and put it to her. I think it was kind of a miracle. It was only these unique circumstances of these three people's lives that all sort of converge, all at Stanford Hospital, all the same blood type. It's exciting because I'm still alive and I get to know that my heart's out there still. I got to the top and I thought about Tammy, like, wow, that her heart enabled me to do that. I'm so excited that she's doing something like this and enjoying life again. Yeah, I love that happy ending. I mean, how many people can say they can they can thank the person who who they got their heart from in person? Yeah. And that person be able to hear it and appreciate it. Well, if we asked you to name the perfect food to eat on a hot day, maybe you'd say ice cream? Yeah, I think so. Or maybe watermelon? Here are three not-so-obvious choices that can help cool you down on a hot day. Believe it or not, something with chili peppers in it. Why? I've heard this before. Hot coffee, hot soup, salsa. Hot sauce. Yeah, I listen, I drink hot Dunkin' Donuts coffee on hot days all the time. I like iced coffee, 
But I don't know. I seem to go for hot coffee first. Um, now, chili peppers will make you feel hot at first, but chili peppers actually trick your body into thinking that it's hotter than it is. So it doesn't feel so hot outside. So they make you sweat, which ultimately causes your body to cool down. Spinach is something, you know, if you're getting a, let's say you're getting a sandwich, you know, let's say you go to Subway or something and they normally, instead of lettuce, you know, you put spinach on the sandwich because the spinach helps level out your blood pressure, which helps keep you feeling cool. Soup, again, another hot item, hot soup. It tricks your body into thinking it's hot, so you start sweating. The moisture on your skin ends up cooling you down. Now, if you want to just stick with watermelon, that's fine, too, for two reasons. First, watermelon is mostly water. Mm-hmm. But watermelon also contains an amino acid that helps cool you down by dilating your blood vessels and helping with circulation. Have you guys had one of those sugar baby watermelons? Uh-uh. They, the smaller ones? Yeah, so they're watermelons? small, and they're exceptionally really... They're not super sweet, but they just taste like a really ripe watermelon. I'll I think I've to, seen those. They're redder, like the inside is redder than they... Yeah, they're. and they're almost like a dark green on the outside. They yeah. sell them at... Uh, we live very close to like Burwinkles, which is like a farmer's market out in Ross. And they always are like, we have sugar babies. Oh, never heard of so, it. So yeah, I'll have to buy one and bring them in. They're very good. They're uh, really small. They're not super huge. And then they're a little more expensive than normal, but locally grown. Did you see the article I posted yesterday of the charred watermelon? Oh, I did see that. And you were right. It does look like a ham. And then you slice it like it's, you know, up there at the beef carving station on ebay tam just look at your electric carver out yeah well it's weird because you think about char like when i think about grilling or charring watermelon it's cut and then you would put it down but this is the whole thing right yes before you do anything to it and then you slice it Mm. afterwards they say the two things to avoid on a hot day are carbs and meat because your body has to work harder to digest them all of our favorite things at a cookout which tends to raise your body temperature carbs and meat all right. Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast, brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com.